0: Welcome to Become an Idol. I'm Dr. Robin Sargent, owner of Idol Courses. This is the place where newbies come to learn and veterans share their knowledge. I have here with me today Maya Harrington, and she is one of our Idol Courses Academy members that has come here today to share her Idol success story. So, Maya, will you please do a better job of introducing yourself?
1: Yeah. So, my name is Maya Harrington. I'm an instructional designer at Apple now, um, and I was part of the January Idol cohort, uh, January 2021. I should specify, and. And I, yeah, I'm here to tell you my story.
0: Okay, so we have to start at the beginning. And so you joined in January. And then when did you land your your job at Apple?
1: Yeah, so I had kind of an interesting journey, um, which is one of the reasons why I appreciate Idol so much. I signed up for the January cohort two months after I had my second child, thinking that while I was on maternity leave, I'd be busy. And uh, (laughs) the reality is for anyone who has had children, um, it takes a lot of your time. So I, I was part of the initial eight weeks and was really involved with my mentor. Uh, And with all of the live sessions, as much as I could be, I think I was part of the first Do It Messy Challenge, and that really helped me get the kickstart that I needed. But I wasn't able to really dive into building a portfolio or job hunting until probably around July. So while I started everything and I kind of got the wheels greased up back in January, I wasn't able to fully dive into the job search process until July. Once I started then, it took about six weeks uh, to land the job that I have now.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to even, like, how are you going to get a mouse in your hands? You got a little baby over here. You got to feed your baby. It's like, you it's like literally-
1: <laughs> yeah, it was my second kid, too. I'm not sure why I thought that was going to be a, a free time situation. <laughs> it's like, I should know better. But um, it was kind of nice to have something to work on for myself during that time too, because so much of maternity leave, you're giving so much of yourself to the little human that needs you. So it was actually kind of neat to focus on some of my dreams and my goals um, that time too.
0: So where, what kind of um, role did you have before you joined the Academy? Were you a teacher or tell me?
1: Yeah, so uh, I've spent my, the past 10 years in education um, in a teaching. Capacity, and I have mostly elementary school. I've dabbled a little bit of middle school here and there in the beginning, but primarily in kindergarten, fourth grade, and third grade. Those are kind of my my favorite spots.
0: So, yeah. So you okay? So you were a teacher, and so you went on maternity leave, and you're like, "Oh, I make the transition during maternity leave." By the way, I've done something similar. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And, and then, uh, and then, so that happened. Did you go back to the classroom before? I yeah. No,
1: um, I decided to take off the rest of the year. This was also um, 2020, 2021 school year. And um, the, I think having that gave me a little extra push for the job hunting once I did start that, <laughs> but um, not wanting to wanting to move forward with my dreams instead of staying where I was so
0: yeah so do, what about that I know a lot of uh teachers who make the transition to instructional design they always have you know a, a thing like oh should I finish out my school year or things like that but I think it's I think uh, people would probably want to know more like just a little bit more about what gave you the courage to just say I'm not going to go back I really am going to land this role
1: yeah well, in full transparency, I was in a lucky situation where both me and my partner, we could float for a while without me returning. So I think that's a big part of it. But I think also just once I invested my time and my energy into Idol and saw that I was able to do instructional design, I mean, I was fully capable in doing it, that I just kind of had my sight set on it and then my heart set on it. And I I just wanted to make it happen, and the job hunt and the portfolio building was a full time job for those six weeks. <laughs> so even when I got there, I had kind of you know I had my I think my Google site still at the time um, from the Do It Messy Challenge, and I, I had bare bones of what I wanted to put forward. And I knew that if I wanted to land the job that I wanted, I had to really invest time into making the portfolio, which means not doing other things. So. I think because I pulled back from my other job and was able to completely devote my time to job hunting and portfolio building, it made the search time shorter, I think. So maybe for people it'd be helpful just to think, you know, cost benefit of, um, if you're able to put a hundred percent into something, you're gonna get more out of it more quickly rather than spreading yourself along, um, kind of thin along multiple Terms of, of what you're doing
0: oh yeah 100 percent, right because you yeah. have amount of energy and the more you can put in the faster you can get out I'm I totally um I'm with you Maya yeah. so did you know the kind of role that you wanted to land were you specific <laughs> at all
1: about that um I think the answer is yes and no <laughs> um the reality is, is is coming from the education world, I had no idea <laughs> what what instructional design really, really means and what it meant to hold a job in that sense. Um, I think that's one area that I'd all helped. It helped, it filled the gaps for me between, you know, my skills and how I was going to have to apply them in this new setting. But still, like, as I was looking at job descriptions, um, it's hard to really understand what these different roles are. So I kind of applied to everything that sounded interesting. It sounded within the realm of what I had been training to do in terms of uh, uh, learning, authoring tools, things like that. Um, but then at the same time, I think part of me knew that I wanted, I live in Silicon Valley, so I wanted something in the te- tech industry. Um, I knew that I wanted something that still felt meaningful to me. I think being coming from teaching, I didn't want to let go of that, but I didn't quite know what that meant. And actually a combination of my mentor, Christy, um, Olivia, Oliva, and, Oliva. um, sorry. You oh yeah. It? I was with you. Was, yeah. Christy Oliva. Oliva. Yeah. yeah. And, um, Nyla Spooner has a, Uh, episode on this on her podcast, too. They both kind of oriented me by advising me to create a portfolio that told a story about myself. They said, when I look at your portfolio, I want to know who you are. So I think initially, I was trying to create things that I thought people would want to see. And ever since I got that advice from Christy, I changed the topics in my portfolio to be things that I was really interested in. So again, coming from the teacher world, it was a lot of things like uh, empathy and sales and how to have a growth mindset, like big topics that I knew a lot about and, were in, and that I could hopefully apply to the tech world. And that's actually how I landed this role at Apple. I'm currently creating leadership training, uh, onboarding within the services org and so, all of the topics that were in my portfolio are things that I'm making presentations on now. I know. And a recruiter found me um, through all of my LinkedIn activity and searching. Mm-hmm. And when I interviewed for this job, I was, I was like, you're kidding me. I have to get, I have to have this role. <laughs> this couldn't be a better fit. And the fact that they were prioritizing these topics and the fact that I already cared so much about them. I think it just ended up being a really good fit. So I think that advice was probably some of the best ones I got to help me find the right role for me.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you started in July, six weeks. That's, that's pretty fast. So you only had like the bare bones, like you had your Google sites up, maybe had like some icons, some links. Yeah. And And (laughs) then, What did it actually look like what did what happened in that six weeks what did you focus on how did you uh, manage you know the balance between building portfolio assets and applying and interviews and oh
1: yeah i just hit the ground running i took all of the advice that i heard from all of our <laughs> sessions in terms of networking on linkedin in terms of utilizing my network so um again, being in Silicon Valley, I reached out to all my friends and all the different tech companies and asked them who they could connect me with. Um, also my partner works in tech. He connected me with people who he knows. I just had exploratory in a, uh, coffee chats, I guess you could say, where I just learned what different roles did in tech. <laughs> so it could have been someone from marketing. It could have been someone from sales, from engineering, not necessarily an in instructional design, but it I asked them how they interacted with instructional designers, what their role was like. And that helped me understand what it was like to work at different companies. So I could kind of narrow the scope, understand like if I wanted to work in a startup or a bigger corporation, um, just kind of the pluses and minuses of both of those. Certain startups that I was really interested in because of the name, realizing that wouldn't be a good fit because they don't even have instructional designers. You know, they have they have enablement, but they only would like for their sales enablement, they really preferred people who had sales experience and that's not me. So at first I was like, yeah, I can make assets for, for sales mm-hmm. teams, but, they're, but they, they're like, well, we want our salespeople to trust the things that you're making and you need that background experience. That was their perspective. Other companies didn't always feel that way. So just having these, conversations helped me get to know the playing field, I guess you could say. And so then as I was applying more and more, I was applying to the right places and I was making connections where if I saw something, someone could refer me. Um, and, and more than anything else, I learned how to talk in a way that showed my skills to the tech world rather than from some education. Like if you look at my resume from teaching compared to now, it's completely different. <laughs> it's the same things, but just completely different. Um, Cause it's a, for a different audience. So um, then also, so I did a lot of personal networking, which was just to gain information. I built my portfolio. I just started looking at as many as I could get my paws on and collected the, my favorite parts of each there. I, Per your advice, I started really expanding my network on LinkedIn. There's an amazing instructional design community on there, our l community, and there's lots of people offering free content um, that to support new instructional designers. So there was a few there even on how to create the best uh, portfolio, which I had already had a good one coming from Idle, but it gives you another level uh, or another lens where, that you can look at it um, through. And then I just applied, I applied far and wide, I tried to choose things that were interesting, but I also thought that any interview would be a good opportunity for practice and that I never knew, Um, I could always learn more about the company through the interview process and then decide later on if it was a good fit rather than, you know, mixing it from the beginning before even Mm -hmm. trying. So that was kind of my three-pronged approach, the the hardcore networking, the building the portfolio on the side, and just as many interviews as as I could land.
0: Okay. And so, and this is all happening in six weeks. And so I just love that you said that you did these informal five-minute coffee chats. Now, how did you, a lot of people probably feel a little intimidated or kind of shy about initiating these things so did you have like a method that really worked for you about getting people to just come talk to you
1: yeah I started off by asking people for introductions mutual people for introductions Um, I was a little shy to just reach out I think I even asked my husband to help me write the emails because <laughs> I was like, how do, uh, how do people outside of education talk to each other? I have no idea uh, yeah. <laughs> what's acceptable on LinkedIn. And yeah, I so that helped with the first few, having somebody mutual that could introduce us and kind of vouch for me, um, having sets of questions when I arrived so I knew that they f- they felt like I wasn't wasting their time and then what was kind of interesting is each one of those they wanted to introduce me to more people too that could help so there was one um, in particular who was a founder of an ed tech startup locally and he said here's three people from my org that you could talk to and they'll tell you about the different roles and how they hire for them that was great so I know so After I had my first few, um, it was easier to reach out to other people, but most of them were not cold uh, coffee chats. They were some person had done an introduction at some point. The the cold reaching out was more to my friends and being like, hey, I know we haven't talked about this, but I'm transitioning careers. And I'd love if if you could introduce me to anyone at your company that might be able to give me some insights into how instructional designers work at, at your company. That's really, and that took a little bit less bravery because I already knew the person. Um, so maybe like a, a mid step for that.
0: That's brilliant. I, I think that's, a, that's yeah. a great tip. I mean, even if, you, I mean, look at all the conversations and people you're able to connect with and you didn't even have to do it in a scary way. You're just like, hey friends, got yeah. some people to introduce me to. That's way easier than doing and cold I day.
1: think. What's interesting is that you know I didn't end up landing my job through that process directly, but I think indirectly it prepared me for those conversations. So I did end up getting a job through a recruiter, not through a referral. But if I hadn't had all those conversations that to helped orient me into this new world, I wouldn't have been ready when that opportunity came up. So it did help.
0: Sure, even just understanding how business works and like what is yeah. a product manager and things like that. Definitely exactly. the way you show up to your interview.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So you, the recruiter reached out to you and they say, we've got this gig at Apple. And then, so what is that process? Did you do three interviews? One, what
1: that look like? Um, there were four total, including the initial one with the, with the recruiter. This is actually a recruiter I had been working with since May which is interesting, before my hardcore search began, she reached out to me in May because um, I had started building my LinkedIn profile back then. So she found me through LinkedIn. And since between May and mid-August, she probably reached out to me about four different roles that she thought I'd be a good fit for. And nothing came out of any of them until our August opportunity. <laughs> um, so that's another... Thing to keep in mind, building relationships with those recruiters, uh, definitely, th- that's probably what helped me the most. The interview process, so I interviewed with her again, to make sure I was a good fit for this role in particular. And then I interviewed with uh, three other people who are on the employee experience team at mm-hmm. Apple, which is now the team that I'm a part of. One of them was a hiring manager, and two of them were other teammates that were. Um, in charge of other parts of um, like content creation for the team, but not necessarily on this project. So it was kind of interesting because they had insights into how they uh, do things, but they hadn't worked directly on the one that I'm working on now. So it gave me space to show them my creativity on how I would create it and bring it engagement since these are all um, ILT instructor trainings. And it allowed me to to meet the team and the people who I'd be working with. And they were just so lovely. I really wanted to make it happen. (laughs) So I'm glad it worked out.
0: Were there any questions that they asked you that made you go, hmm, or that you were really prepared for and you were like glad you had done XYZ to prepare for those questions? Anything like that?
1: I think it, it's kind of interesting. I think that this role ended up being such a good fit mm-hmm. that I could really be myself in the interview. I think the things that helped me prepare me the most were the prior interviews that I had had. So I had been through a few rounds with a few other companies leading up to this and actually got an offers in that same week. It was pretty crazy. But all in all, you know, having rehearsed, um, my answers a few times, both in an interview and uh, with friends, really helped with me, helping me articulate what I really wanted to say and helped me understand. I think Christy helped us with this too, actually. Um, helped me understand what they're looking for in their questions. But ultimately for this role, I felt like I could really just be myself and, and be authentic. So that was, I think, what maybe also helped the interview go so well too, because I wasn't trying to memorize anything that I had said before. I could just speak to what they were saying authentically.
0: Yeah. Just be in the now because you didn't have any more nerves. You'd already uh, exercised all, practiced all those away.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And the first few interviews that I had, I was really like stumbling over my words a lot and trying to remember tips from from our mentor sessions and all that kind of stuff I was in my head I was and so having that you know the, the dry runs, so to speak yeah. definitely helped did you have to take a test no for apple no
0: no like
1: I think assessment so I think be, again I think because my portfolio was so similar to what they were looking for mm-hmm. they didn't ask for that, so I, I did have that with a few other interviews, and most of those were around um, just different authoring tools how, it, to show that I knew how to use them. This one they didn't, <laughs> I think, and I think it was because they could see that I, I already know how to do the things that they were asking. Um, and in my portfolio, I had a, I had Ilt, um, I had some more articulate storyline. And I, some animated videos that I had scripted, in, and I had put all the storyboards and the scripts up alongside the uh, assets so they could see that I knew how to do both the back end and the front end of, of things. And I think it kind of reassured them from the beginning that, that I know how to do it. Did
0: they make Another, any comments about your portfolio to, that gave you yeah. that? Research? Yeah, because I mean, the, the,
1: the program, the Training I'm making right now is exactly on the topic that was on there. <laughs> it's on the same topic, and, and they they mentioned it. They said we saw that you've done something on this, and we're this is what your first uh, module would be. What do you think about it? And I was just so um, flattered and excited that they had already looked at it and and liked it. So, <laughs> so now
0: you're there. My, you have been there how long? So you landed it what in August? Now it's October. Yeah.
1: I started beginning of September, so it's just over a month, a month and a half.
0: And what's your is your official title like instructional designer, or what is it?
1: Yeah, instructional designer. It is. Yeah. And, and we know you do like a
0: leadership <laughs> kind of topics. Is that right? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I'm currently creating um, in-person trainings for leadership, like for managers within the services org. Um. Specifically on topics that kind of arose during the pandemic, of of things that people felt like they needed support on. And then as time goes on, I'm hoping to take on more projects that come up. They have some asynchronous platforms that they want to build some onboarding things that will just kind of live there. And I'm hoping to work on that as well. So I'll have both experiences of working with both uh, in person and e learning through there. And yeah, yeah. Do you work from home? I do. It's so you nice. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. That part is not lost on me. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. I actually have another friend who is a teacher, um, who transitioned into tech around the same time as myself, and we're texting each other all the time, just saying, "Hey, I, I just went to go get a coffee because I felt like I wanted it and I could go," or. Um, I just really appreciate the flexibility around being able to balance some of my, my life things with, with work and being able to work later if I need to and take a break to go get my kids or something. So having that flexibility is great.
0: Yeah. That was, I mean, that kind of leads into what I was going to ask you, like, how has your life changed? Like, does it feel, I mean, I know you obviously worked hard to be where you are, but it does it kind of feel a little bit like a dream or like, what is it? I mean, what it's, I mean, you've been there for a month. Is it what you expected? Is it more than what's kind yeah. of your,
1: Yeah, you know? all of the above. I, I've had so many moments where I've stopped and just been so thankful and grateful for, for the fact that I did this for myself. I made the transition and in this role that I'm in now uh, with an amazing team, doing things that are meaningful to me and all of the stars aligned, but it was a lot of, um, you know, manifesting my own future along the way to a lot of hard work. So yeah, it's, (laughs) I am very thankful. Oh my gosh. What, what a huge
0: accomplishment. My, what, tell me, uh, just one more question. Actually, I got two more. Um, so what made you pick the Idle Courses Academy? So when you enrolled in January, what, what made you, um, what made you join us?
1: Yeah, this part was huge. So one of the things that you guys offered that I had a hard time finding was, um, both having the mentorship the in-person or the the live you know first eight weeks together but then also flexibility to access the course outside of those eight weeks so a lot of the certifications that I saw were an eight-week program but they weren't also self-paced or it might have been just self-paced like something that you buy into and follow yourself and I really this was the only one that I found that molded both of those together. And it was exactly the recipe that I needed. I didn't even know that I needed it at the time, <laughs> to be honest, like <laughs> as much as I did, but I, I knew that I needed the in-person accountability and a person, a human to talk to who's been in, in my shoes before. Um, and then I also knew that, you know, my time was limited and I was gonna have to space it out. That is what's I think that aspect of your program is actually what helped me be successful. The fact that I did as much as I could, but then if I couldn't keep up, I couldn't do things. It didn't mean it was over or I lost my chance at it. Like I'd still sign in and make my way through all the things that you do. I I love um, seeing all the new life sessions for Mm -hmm. for the new cohorts because I didn't miss out on some of those in the past. And it's, I'm also someone who loves continuing education and whenever I can, I go back in and I make my way a little bit farther and farther through all of the amazing things that you have in the academy. So that lifetime access, which I I don't think I quite understood at the time how important that was gonna be for my success is what made me successful in the end. Cause then in July, when I was ready, I had access to everything and I could go back and I could look at it, so.
0: Yeah, we had started a new cohort. So you could did you join back in with new, uh the mentors again in July too? Or no, no. Just kind I of just yeah. Through.
1: yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm ready. <laughs> no, I I didn't. I've actually thought about it. There are a few of them that looked really interesting and I had been following them on LinkedIn for a while too. So I knew them by name, like more of a lurker kind of thing.
0: <laughs> but
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, we all do it. But um yeah, no. So, but then your live sessions, I sat in a few of those too. All
0: right. Uh, Maya, so you have to tell us what is, I mean, you've given us a lot of really good tips and advice, like just throughout your entire journey, but what is your best and final piece of advice for those who want to become an idol?
1: I think just knowing, especially if you're coming from the education world that you already have the skills that you need and just reminding yourself that um, I. Until I started idle, I didn't realize how much instructional design I was already doing. And that's how I was able to talk about it in interviews. I actually had three years of curriculum design um, as part of my title. And I had another five years of, of formal instructional design that I was doing for my district that I was able to add to my title. And, then, and so just knowing and not even thinking of things in that way ever until I—I I think you said it <laughs> actually. Mm-hmm. So just knowing that you have what you what it takes to to do this, um, you have the skills that these industries need, and just believing in yourself and that resilience to having that resilience to push through. I think those are the the biggest things. That's great advice. Yeah.
0: Congratulations, Val, Maya. Maya. I'm so happy for you. I am just, I mean, you're just such an inspiration to see um, your journey, a new mother of a new baby. Her <laughs> She's career. almost a year
1: old now. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah.
0: Almost. Almost. She's not even a year old. She'll be like a year, what, next year? Right? In or... in
1: November. Yeah. In November. Oh, and no, oh, so it really is almost a year. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay, so yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, too. Thank you for your vision and your philosophy. um, And, uh, and just all of the effort that you put into everything. It's not something that happens so easily. And I can't imagine what goes on behind the scenes, but it it changed my life. I know it's cheesy. It changed my life. And I really appreciate you, too.
0: Oh, my gosh, don't make me cry. Well, (laughs)
1: I think I sent you a long email <laughs> when, I, when I finished the program, just like gushing, just being like, yeah, now you can put the face with the name, but I was just, it, it was really life-changing for me. So thank you.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, this, will, this is what makes it all worth it. So
1: <laughs>
0: congratulations. And thank you, thank you Robin. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at idlecourses.com. If you like this podcast and you want to become an instructional designer and online learning developer, join me in the Idle Courses Academy, where you'll learn to build all the assets you need to land your first instructional design job, early access to this podcast, tutorials for how to use the e learning authoring tools, templates for everything course building, and paid instructional design experience opportunities. Go to idlecourses.com forward slash academy and enroll. Or get on the wait list. Now get out there and build transcendent courses.